welcome to episode 33 of the Sabercast for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner. How are you getting on, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm all good. Looking forward to um, yeah, looking forward to this pod. It's going to be interesting doing a preview. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We're usually recording a Sunday night, and yet here we are a Saturday morning. Um, you know, usually waiting for a game to start, but uh, obviously we're off to Wembley tomorrow, so that's mixed things around. And I've just been away on holiday for a week, Ollie, and uh, you've been manfully holding holding station with the podcast and working on the agenda for us. So yeah, it's mixed us all up a little bit, hasn't it, this week? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's. It has. So yeah, it's good. It's going to be a good. I think it's going to be a positive pod. Obviously, uh, we can talk about the victory um, on Monday, on Bank Holiday Monday, and yeah, obviously do a preview as well. So we've never done that before. So it's good fun. Yeah, it's good. I think we'll, we'll stop hanging around really. We'll just crack on and, and start looking back at the uh, the win over Oxford last Saturday. And they drew two two at Millmore only a few days ago. But here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance. Must surely be a goal for Taylor. Shrewsbury are back in it. So last Saturday, uh, Shrewsbury Town back to winning ways and uh, keeping pressure up on everyone at the top of the league, Ollie. So yeah, it was a, uh, a never a comfortable win, is it, for us at the moment, but uh, a 3-2 win over Oxford United with the goals from Sean Wally on 40 minutes and uh, another one on 64, John Nolan in between on 47, and the Oxford United goals were Wes Thomas on 62 and Rothwell on 73. In front of a crowd of 7,191, so still not quite getting up to 8,000, are we, Ollie? No, we're not, and obviously Oxford um, are quite famous for their away following. So yeah, still, still, um, yeah, still, the numbers are not going up as as we'd expect. But yeah, we can't do anything about that. No, they've, they've tried the, uh, and it's a shame because they tried the ticket offer for this game, didn't they? With like yeah. free emergency services and bring along a, a sort of person only season ticket for a fiver. And I think obviously it was a little bit of an uptick in the attendance from the last few home games. But yeah, still must be frustrating for the football club with everything going on. That it's just you know that momentum that we've had in previous seasons, particularly when we were in sort of going for the championship in League 2 you know before we came up I think crowds were probably a little bit higher then than they are now which is all very strange but there we go so yeah we won 3-2 so um, I'll let you do the stat in a minute Ollie, because it's quite a good one but uh, should we just go through the team selection quickly yeah go for it yeah we obviously had Henderson in goal um, Bolton was back at right back with Beckles and Sadler playing centre back because of the injuries we've been having Lowe uh, started at left back and then Godfrey Morris and Nolan in the centre midfield Wally and Thomas out on the wings, obviously Thomas in for Rodman and Payne up front rather than Carl Morris. So a few little changes here and there, wasn't there, in the team selection, Ollie? Yeah, it, there was a few changes. Not too surprising given, obviously, paid on Friday. Um, and yeah, we're into kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of games coming up. Um, and I thought there were good changes, to be honest. Yep, it made sense, didn't it? I mean, yeah. we've had a couple of concerns about Lowe, um, so it would have been interesting to see him get, get into another game and see if he can put that sort of poor form behind him a little bit. I think everyone was happy to see Bolton back, weren't they? He's obviously been yeah. a steady influence on the team this season. Um, and yeah, and Bryn Morris being back from suspension obviously helped us in the central midfield issues, so that's fine. I've been, I've been wanting to see Thomas play for a while as well now. I think he's a good player. Um, yeah, he is. So, uh, yeah, he always seems quite... to do something, doesn't he? Every yeah. game he's... he's pacey and direct, isn't he? And he'd, he'd yeah. really, be really worries players. So, yeah, there we go. But the, the stat is the most mad, mad stat of the season. Yeah, I know. Probably keep, probably keep going up as the season goes on. But what was it, Ollie? Yeah, we've won 24 games now. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? Last season, we all, we lost 21. And this season, we've won 24. Jeez. Um, so, yeah, it was just I just wanted to have a look at that stat, that number, look at the league table. Um, and obviously, um, that kind of victory was made all the more sweeter um, because Portsmouth beat Wigan afterwards, didn't they? Exactly. Which, was, was... which was very amusing. And, and I'm sure the Pompey fans loved it because obviously um, their ex-manager is now the Wigan, Wigan manager. Um, so, yeah, it sounded like it was quite an <laughs> uh, eventful game, that one. It was, quite, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I did say I didn't think Blackburn and Wigan would win every game, didn't I, last week? Mm-hmm. 
no. gonna, it was obviously never going to happen. And so, yeah, for Wigan to slip up early uh, is good. You know, we need them to lose at least two more games, don't we? And or, or Blackburn to cut, get a couple of draws or a loss. So there's still a lot, you know, a lot to to go on. And I think that there'll still be a few, you know, ups and downs here. Obviously, we've still got tough games coming up. So who knows? But yeah, for us to win and for one of those top two, you know, up there with us to uh, to lose a game was fantastic. But yeah, we should really go through how we won because yeah. really, it was a crazy, crazy old game, really, wasn't it? In some respects. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was kind of like um, it was an interesting. I thought we we started pretty well. Yeah, um, it was quite clear, you know, normal kind of formation, normal kind of style, a lot of pressing. Um, I thought Payne clearly came out with intent, didn't he? But yeah, there was a, bl- a slight kind of scare start of the game. Watford had a corner and it hit the top of the bar, but I think Henderson had that one covered, didn't he? Yeah, it was. I've seen a few teams trying this recently in terms of you know, there's been a, a few games I watched live on Sky or, or on BT Sport where you know people have sort of had a go from a corner, and I don't think he was having a go from a corner, Ollie, on on this one. I think he was trying to cross it and got it completely wrong. It just sort of bounded off the top of the crossbar, didn't it? But it was, yeah, it was sort of you know part of the reason why. They were having chances like that. It was I thought it was a very open game in the first half. We were playing yeah. well, but I didn't think Oxford were were poor. And there were little spells where we'd have a little five minutes of pressure and, and we'd be on top. And then Oxford would come back at us, and and you know the chances kind of came in those little periods really because our first chance came in in a period where we were playing quite well. Sort of, I think it was about ten minutes in where. They, they got caught at the back from our pressing and, and Payne sort of chased it back to the goalkeeper and forced him to make a mistake, didn't he? And um, yeah, he was out of his goal, the goalkeeper, and it eventually ended up coming back to Nolan. And I thought, oh, he's just going to lob the goalkeeper here. And he didn't quite get it right, did he? Um, no. It, the, and the keeper made another save and then Payne could get it. to the rebound, could he? But yeah, that was coming in one of our in our periods of, of good play as well. But it was it was open game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's it's good actually. Yeah, you've updated the agenda for this. So yeah, you good point. <laughs> we were we were a bit concerned about this, weren't we, at the time that um, that Nolan was limping again. Yes, um, and that was a bit of a concern because if we lost him. I don't want to be too dramatic, but I think the season potentially could have been over if we lost Nolan. Obviously, lost um, with all the players that weren't playing in this game. Um, yeah, that would have been that would have been a hammer blow. Yeah, it would have been, wouldn't it? And it's it's funny. I, I've put here. He always, you know, he seems to have a limps every now and again. It was a very noticeable limp he had in this game, and you just hope again it was sort of like a, a sort of dead dead ankle. Maybe he got a bang on the ankle or something like that. But he limped for a while, and then he plays on with an injury. And it to me, it shows you know, despite the fact that he's our creative player and he's the one with sort of the the skills to unlock a team, and, and sometimes those can be the sort of you know what you might describe namby pamby type players. But he's not. He's gritty, and he know, and that's yeah. the other thing he gives you. He gives you that that cutting edge and that that um, ability to unlock defences but he also gives you a, a steal in midfield that with the go-go missing at the moment we really need and so I think fair yeah. play to him he's, he's a hardcore bloke sometimes and um, I thought it was actually good to have him and Bryn and, and Godfrey back in midfield yeah, and have that was... three that was probably the best thing about our team I thought in the first half was having that solidity in midfield again yeah there's definitely an understanding between the three of them isn't there yep um, and I, it's almost you know, obviously Luke missing a go-go is, is a huge loss, but yes. um, having those three in there, you know, I'm more than happy with that three. Um, I think Morris is a good player. Um, and obviously all th- between all three of them, they've got a, a nice mix of, you know, kind of composure, a bit of pace, a bit of strength, tackling, pressing. They've all got a bit of everything, haven't they, in that? Yeah, I th- I, yeah, I think Bryn slots in quite nicely for a go-go. Like I say, I don't think he's quite the same player, as, as you just said there. No. But, um, you know, in, in the circumstances... He's got other strengths. Yeah, in the circumstances we find ourselves in, you know, he, he offers a little bit more. And his, his long-range passing is actually probably better than a go-go's isn't it you yeah know, definitely he might not quite have that defensive shield that a go-go offers so we just play around and we work around that and Nolan fits in a, a little bit harder with his injury with his, with his tackles and it seems to work okay so I think it's good enough to if we can keep those three fit for the rest of the season I think it's good enough to get us where we need to go so yeah. I'm, I'm all right with that but um yeah yeah there we go there was and there was a few more chances in the half wasn't there it kept, yeah. kept being open 
Yeah, there was a Super Bowl. Again, we obviously keep praising Henderson all, se- Henderson all season. Um, another good um, clearance from him. Um, ball out to Thomas. and Super takedown, wasn't it? It was really impressive. Um, crosses to Payne. Um, and he has a kind of like a, I call it a death um, shot. You know, it was kind of like a, you know, it was just like a bit of a, like, just try to redirect it, didn't he, quite Little generally. Which is, yeah. yeah, which is often a, a good kind of thing to do in that kind of position. But the keeper was quite quick and, yeah, made a save, which was a, a, it was a shame because that would have been a, a really nice, goal it would have been I thought the Oxford goalkeeper was good in the first yeah, half yeah I mean, they've got it, some good players Oxford actually yeah. just to be fair and while it's um, you know we, we, we've spoken about Rochdale and Oxford all season we've been surprised where they are in the in the league table and yeah again they've got some tidy players I've been impressed with them in both games and, and you know one of the more tidy teams you'll see all season, so for them to have struggled like they have is, is strange. But yeah, the keeper played well, I thought, and um, you know made a couple of other good saves and come out and sort of cl- claim things out of corners and stuff as well. He, he was reasonably solid. You'd be a bit annoyed to have let three goals in by the end of the game, I imagine, but there we go. Um, and yeah, but then down the other end, Oxford had two good chances as well. There was one where they had a shot that went just wide and hit the, the stanchion at the back of the goal, and then it rolled behind the goal, and I think a few Oxford fans, fans thought it was in. Even, I think a few Shrewsbury fans thought it was in from block 18 and 19. Yeah, well. it hit the, hit the, the, the post, didn't it? that holds the net up at the back and went straight across the back which looks yeah. a bit funny it convinces people it's in sometimes isn't it? and then and they yeah. were having a good spell then they did they got on top and there was another one where Dino had to make a sort of low down save as well so it did, does show that it was an open game and Oxford were playing well but I think the first goal was always going to be vital in the game to be honest with you and um, you know we, we'd been battering away for quite a while but it took until just before half time to get it really and yeah it was Sean Wally stepping up again with another goal yep no it was it was it was a um, an interesting goal wasn't it in the sense <laughs> that um, um, I say uh, Payne tried to kind of did a bit of a twirl over the ball he was trying to get a bit of a touch on it and it's funny um, as the ball hits the back of the net he just smiles straight away yeah. um, and runs over to Wally and yeah it was kind of I think it was deserved at this point um, to, to get a goal and it was nice time to score as well after obviously um, recently conceding quite before half time um, at Northampton it was nice for us to get a goal um, in the in the in the 40s before half time yeah good good timing and as I say sent, sent us into half time then pretty buoyant didn't it with you know getting looking to get the win ahead of it in a game that had been difficult you know it was if we'd just about shaded that half probably just about shaded it but it hadn't been by very much and so yeah we, we deservedly ahead maybe not um, but yeah you take what you can get at the moment can't you and so yeah we, we sort of ambled in for half time and yeah that was that really and uh, yeah there we go it was it was half time there was someone I can't remember who was on the mic at half time they had down it was one of the ex-players oh I've forgotten now <laughs> no worries I can't, remember, remember I can't now. remember I can't remember who it was I remember yeah oh it was thinking... Mickey Brown it was Mickey Brown yeah he was because he was 50 and everyone was sort of singing yeah. a few people started singing happy birthday there we go anyway so on to the second half Ollie yeah so um, yeah we started really well and um, yeah it wasn't didn't take very long for us to get a second goal um, so um, yeah Wally put in a cross um, I have to say um, Wally and, and Bolts kind of have a, quite a connection as well and they have quite a chemistry um, down that side yeah so yeah so Wally crosses the ball it kind of just behind pain and he kind of can't really kind of get to it he defects and yeah Nolan wanted to get there so that's shy again showing his grit and his desire he got there before um, an Oxford player yep had a shot had a deflection bit of luck but um, <laughs> yeah um, but who cares <laughs> massive deflection wasn't it yeah and I don't think he'll care and it was it was interesting I was listening to I don't know if you put this in the agenda later on but I was listening to um, I think it was Sean Wally was on the radio afterwards talking and him and Nolan are, are both scouts aren't they and they both come down from Liverpool I think they obviously yeah. still live up there and they drive down together and they were saying in the car on the way down it was about time they stepped up and started scoring some more goals 
So obviously, as they got three between them, obviously that, that conversation it worked. worked, didn't it? So keep you having that see, conversation. Lads. Yeah, exactly. You could see at the end when the goal went in, Nolan scores, and Wally's there just with his arms open, like, "Yes, we we did it." What we were talking about. So I thought that was quite funny, to be fair. So yeah, yeah. I thought two nil. I thought that was probably game over then. I, I thought you know oh, be comfortable, but and yeah, not to be. Yeah, two nil. But then also um, in the next few minutes, we could have made it four nil. Yeah, we could have um, smashed so them. super run from Nolan. I think it, I can't remember who made the ball. I think it was Morris. I'm not 100 sure. Morris or Bolton, someone from that. Kind Kind of that position, um, deep uh, made of um, made a super through ball, which we don't see a lot of actually. A lot of through balls in our team, do we? Because we don't have that. Always have that pace at front. But yeah, Nolan came through and may ha- keeper made a really good save. Um, and then Payne had that one on one chance to keep it. This was ugly, wasn't it? I thought I, it, it just shows you a little bit of a pain for me that yeah, he's working hard. And actually, I think you know you say the same thing about Carl Morris, but you know there are times when both of them their finishing has been very poor. And and you know in that one on one situation, a, a confident Payne like he was at the start. That season pops it away and it's Reno and that's game over. Um, and he didn't, did he? And, and from that miss, then he obviously, it kind of brought a little bit of nerves back into the stadium. I thought there were a couple of times where the crowd was quite quiet at times. Um, there was definitely, yeah, it wasn't around. as loud as it hasn't been as loud as it no. has been in recent games. I, I don't know agree. whether that was the defeat of Rochdale kind of took a bit of uh, the heat or out yeah. of the fans in terms of the noise of the Northampton and obviously the Rochdale games. Maybe people are thinking, oh, getting a bit nervous because we are quite a nervous crowd, aren't we? Yeah, I think um, so. And I think that that one on one chance really brought it out a little bit just afterwards it was noticeable for that five minutes and obviously it wasn't too long after that Oxford scored and oh god yeah then you start well, what, to worry, game, don't you? what chance did that remind you of for me that chance that we had there reminded me of um, the chance we had against West Ham very similar oh, position yeah. Yeah, true enough, actually. And we missed that as well, didn't we? So, <laughs> yeah, we need to work on one on ones. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, and then, and then Oxford scored. There was a there was a touch of luck, luck in their goal, if you ask oh, me. Oh yeah, was, definitely. It was a, a it was a ball crossed in, wasn't it? And it sort of it, there was a guy sort of back post who went to sort of our shot, and it looked like he messed it up, and unfortunately, he sort of randomly hit it to the back post. He definitely wasn't trying to pass it. And um, Wes Thomas had only just come on, hadn't he? And he basically was just at the back post and, and sort of scored a tap in from from his first touch of the game. So yeah. 2-1 then and it was suddenly like oh no we're going to we're going to get pegged back again here a bit like the Doncaster game and um yeah it was a bit it was a bit worrying wasn't it at that point in time but the good thing about Shrewsbury is Ollie they're resilient and they bounced back straight away didn't they and we nicked a third and I thought we were probably going to be alright then yeah we did yeah we did it was um it was um yeah it was a good cross from Bolts um, and then um, he, then Wally just squeaked into the back of the net, didn't he? And it was yeah, it was nice to kind of yeah have that that little Release. bit of reassurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and that goal obviously made it uh, made it three one, uh, which was which was positive. Yeah. He, word for Bolton in that goal, it wasn't just that he put a good cross in. If you look at him, he, he sort of ramp, rampages down the right, gets to the byline, absolutely does his man on the byline really really well, and then yeah. he crosses it across to Wally. So I think Bolton deserves a massive amount of credit for that goal because and I th- particularly on the whole game as well. Actually, I thought. He was really good. Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, yeah, I think I'll just note on. We'll come on to kind of player performances when we get to Matt, um, top three. But I thought lots of people had good performances yes. in this game. Yeah, it was a bit like back back at the sort of best best form, which is strange really because obviously we'll just come to the end there. And there was another goal for Oxford. Yeah, um, it was a long ranger uh, beat Hendo at his near post again. I I looked at the replay. I mean, at the time I was like, oh, Hendo's let another one in from long range there. But some people were saying there was a deflection. I, even on the replay on on sort of uh, YouTube, you can't tell whether there's a deflection. It looks like a pure hit. 
No, I don't think there's a deflection on it. Um, I don't know whether, yeah, Henderson was just caught napping a bit or, or what. But, uh, but yeah, it's not like Shrewsbury, is it, to give us a nice relaxing... Um, <laughs> it was almost like we won to win with only a one-goal margin. No, exactly. And there was 15 minutes left then, wasn't there? Well, more than yeah. 16 minutes left by the time we sort of restarted. And, and to be fair to town, we've got to say this again, they saw the game out really well. Again. Yeah, exactly. And again, another character trait of the shot team. Came yeah, classic, the shot came on. Yeah, classic town. Even Abuisa came on and he looked like he was a bloody rake. I thought someone, goes, yeah. if someone tackles him, he's going to break it off. He's tiny. He's t- <laughs> he's quite tall, but yeah, quite skinny. And bless him, he did give the ball away a few times. But um, it was obviously shows a lot of confidence in him that Hurst brought yeah. him at that game. And and fair play to him. He's obviously, you, did you, I'm sure you saw the tweets after the game. He seemed pretty chuffed. And yeah, it was great for him to get his debut in the Football League. And uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully we get to see him again for the end of the season. I know, I'm, be, I'm only being jokingly harsh. I mean, for him to get his first debut out of the way, there's always a lot of nerves for someone stepping up from whatever it was, Wheelstone, straight up into a League 1 promotion battle. So there was obviously going to be a lot of nerves there for the lad. And you're right, his, his touches weren't right exactly on. But I'm sure there's a player in there. And if there's one manager yeah. that you you think he's going to find that player it's Paul Hurst so it does feel like he's a he's a for next season lad and we'll have to see how he develops won't we but yep. good for him to get his debut out of the way anyway so uh, yeah, yeah there we go all in all a good performance it definitely wasn't a 3-2 it should have been 3-1 no. or even 4-1 to be honest with you I felt we were 6-2 or something yeah second <laughs> half we should really have put him to bed but um it doesn't matter. Three points is three points isn't it Ollie and it was vital yeah it was um so yeah who was your top three in that game uh, I think we've gone pretty similar to this. I think Nolan, um, just for what I was talking about, how gritty he was with obviously playing with an injury, but you know, involved in the goals, it just dictated the pace of the game again. And um, he's already leading our Player of the Season award, Ollie. I, I don't know if you know that, but um, I think this game probably is going to have cemented it. There's not many games now, and he's, he's already quite a way ahead. And uh, yeah, overall performance was, was fantastic. I went for Beckles second. Um, yeah, considering he's been shunted into centre back, having been playing left back most of the season now. Um, he didn't really look out of place, did he? And, and was really solid with with Sadler. And uh, yeah, I don't don't worry about those two playing centre back for the next few weeks if Toto needs a bit longer to recover. So uh, that was good. And yeah, I went for you know Sean Wally, who I, I sometimes have been a bit harsh on, but he's having a fantastic season. Another two goals. Um, you, you know, you cannot complain about his overall performance in that game. Um, you know, really had the defenders worried. Linked up well with Bolton, and um, yeah, that was my top three. Yeah, he he was good, Wally. Um, I struggled um, um to choose my top three because there's so many players that could have on it yep. so yeah I went Nolan Beckles I thought was solid in central defence had a really really good game and then I went for, for Payne third because I think he just works so hard yes. um, and I think it'd be harsh but then that's harsh on Wally because Wally scored two goals but he did not just about the goals you know he could score two goals but have a terrible game uh, he played really well but I thought it's also just notable kind of all the get other players so I thought Lowe had a really solid game he um, was better much better he was a lot tougher I mean, he made that um, brilliant solid tackle and he got booked for which was never a yellow card in a million years it wasn't even a foul he won the ball um, and he was really strong wasn't he it was a very manful performance from Lowe yeah which is what we needed to see really because he'd been a bit weak in a few yeah. recent games and he, as he's starting to settle back into the team but I think he's the sort of lad that now he's going to get a few games under his belt will probably kick on a lot you know yeah, coming into so the team and, and playing a few ad hoc minutes here and there doesn't really help him I don't think so I think that if we, we keep it consistent that will probably help um, so yeah he, and he Bolton better, as well right. Bolton, Bolton was, was fantastic yeah. yeah Bolton was fantastic Thomas was good you know everyone had a, a good performance um, and yeah and it was and it was very enjoyable and, and as Paul Hurst said you know it's a big response um, from the players he said there's yeah. doubters out there but they were excellent this is a lot closer than it should have been you know with the scoreline um, yes. you know we should have scored more um, he said Dino was worked too hard a bit too hard for my liking and there should have been more <laughs> goals um, Wally had another big contribution 
Um, he said, in his interest as well, he said he can, he can forgive the players for giving the ball away, but he can't accept them not being positive. Um, and then and BBC Shropshire talked to him about um, 81 points. Jeez, it was yeah. just mental. 81 points. Um, it's a fantastic achievement, and we want to get as many as possible. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good um, a good result, good performance, um, and a nice way to end the kind of Easter weekend. Yeah, and, and a perfect preparation for Wembley, wasn't it? Which is what we'll come to in a minute, because you know you want them going in with a positive mindset and uh, a winning mentality, and and yeah, that that worked out perfectly, really. So. Yeah, there we go. That was that was covering the game last week, which was which was fantastic. We'll just move on to Sap News and then we'll get on to our Lincoln preview, Ollie. And his ball in there, dangerous from set pieces, and that's cropped in as well. Looks like Drummond got the final touch to it, and Shrewsbury Town are ahead within three minutes. Okay, so silent news. Um, so some finally some good news about the stadium. Um, obviously, people have noticed that um, the stanchions around the ground in certain areas uh, have been flaking paint and been quite rusty, which has given the ground a bit of a... Shabby. A, yeah, a shabby feel a bit before its time, really. You know, yeah. it's only 10 years old. So, yeah, for those who kind of follow these things, and I'm sure you're one of those guys, Glint... Um, there has obviously been um, some kind of issues with the contractors um, and then the subcontractor that did the work. There wasn't really too much detail shared, Glenn, and she's probably not really too surprised yeah. in terms of, you know, the details and maybe there's a kind of, you know, a, a non-disclosure or at least a gentleman's agreement not to shun if, you know, air the dirty laundry in public. Exactly. Um, but the good news is is that, um, yeah, the work is going to start. So I think work's actually just going to start this weekend um, or this week, clearing the paint and giving it a, a new new coat. So it's going to look, uh, yeah, it's going to brand new again so that's good news it is I mentioned this didn't I in the episode before last at the sports parliament where the question was asked and Brian was open and honest and said yeah we, we're almost there with it really I can't say any more than that but you got the feeling that he, he was looking forward to being able to announce that because it's another one of those things that's been a sort of ongoing thing that the sports parliaments and fans have mentioned for a long time that it looks like Brian's been able to deliver on and, and, another you know, one the, another thing I was about give, to say that the more, the, the more he's here the more, the more he starts to deliver on a lot of the long standing issues you know he, he's all, he was talking about like at sports parliament he was talking about steps down from Otley Road he was talking about other bits and pieces and obviously all the things that he's already achieved and add to the side of that supporting Paul Hurst as a, as a CEO on the footballing side of things Jesus Christ you can't really argue with the signings that he's helped bring in and you know the, the things that he's done as a movement so yeah I mean we don't really praise people in the background as much we've said some positive things about Brian but overall you know often on the pitch if you take away Ticketmaster which wasn't his problem and he can't seem to resolve because he was stuck in a contract with them and there's a few other bits and pieces we've picked him up on but overall you know what, what would you give him out of 10 he's, he's got to get, be getting at least a 9 out of 10 when you look at this season hasn't he yeah definitely in terms of yeah support and, um, and negotiation um, obviously he played a part in choosing Paul Hurst as well yeah um, he's always approachable you know father sometimes I send him emails or note things about I don't know the website I thought I notice the tickets are not working send an email and they always get it fixed and tell me it's been sorted so no yeah very pleased with Brian and he should be yeah pleased to have um, and, uh, by the end of the season whatever happens I'm sure he'll have a well-earned break because he's been a good season for him he's proactive you can say that about the man can't you it's, it's actually funny it's just reminding me of a story I meant to say on the podcast last week because obviously one of the things we did have an issue with Brian with last last season wasn't it was Kitgate and all the issues with you know <laughs> Kit C1 and da 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 I went out um, to Mount to Rochdale and um, I was with my, my friend John who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he brought a couple of his friends along and one of his friends was the guy that designed Kit A which was oh, the okay. one the kit that everyone wanted to vote for and he's still livid about it <laughs> 
he's still livid and thinks that the football club um, did him over. And actually, one of the things he did say was that one of the prizes was supposed to be someone was supposed to go and visit the factory, weren't they? And, yeah. You know, and apparently that never happened. So Didn't he was it? like, well, I don't know what's gone on there. So, yeah, there's obviously still some recriminations. Oh, Brian needs kit. to sort that out and then we take it all back. <laughs> oh, dear. But no, I'm only, I'm only bringing up the, yeah. old, old, the odd thing that was interesting because I'd never met this guy before and he was just, he was showing me his original drawing that he did of the kit. So it definitely was him. But um, yeah, there we go. Good work, Brian. Well done on getting the paint painting and uh, yeah the sports parliament won't be able to help paint this one because it's probably a little bit too high up isn't it so, yeah <laughs> and if they're trying to start this weekend Ollie, there's no chance any painter in the world's out in the rain that we've got in Shrewsbury right now so maybe it'll no. have to be next monday or something so yeah there we go um the other interesting news this week Ollie, which we've got a lot of chatting about to do i think here was um the efl announced their team of the season so this is the team that is voted for by managers of all the efl teams isn't it ollie yeah so we should say that um and yeah, I'll run through the team for you and we'll just quickly talk about it. So manager of this team is Paul Hurst, which I think is great. Um, and then in goal, you've got Blackburn's David Rea. Um, and then defence, I'm just going to say there were four defenders because I don't know what the positions are all about. But um, yeah, in defence, you've got Blackburn's Charlie Mulgrew, Wigan's Dan Byrne, Shrewsbury Town's Omar Beckles and Wigan's Nathan Byrne. Um, and then you've got in midfield, Blackburn's Bradley Dack, um, Wigan's Sam Morsey, and Shrewsbury Town's John Nolan. And then in the forward positions, you've got Wigan's Nick Powell, uh, Peterborough's Jack Marriott, and, and Plymouth's Graham Carey, who's banged a lot of goals in this season, obviously. So, three in the team from Shrewsbury Town, Ollie. What, I think, is that fair enough? Do you think it's not fair enough? I, I'm quite happy with it, but yeah, what are your initial thoughts? Um, my initial thoughts is I felt sorry for Toto, because I think he's had an <laughs> absolutely unbelievable season. It's always worth noting, isn't it, that lone players um, are not up for this award. Um, so that's why yes, Henderson, um, yeah. Godfrey, and Morris were not weren't weren't in contention, um, but Nolan had to be in there, um, and I'm yeah really pleased for Paul Hurst. Obviously, you got manager of the season, so that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, Trevor Omar Beckles, um, top bloke, and yeah, he's done really well um, in the in the last half of the season. Um, obviously, he didn't play that much in the first half, but um, obviously, it's it's always funny these awards, isn't it? Um, it's mm. Obviously, the last few months always are in the f- um, kind of the forefront of the managers where they choose. Yeah, and you, you say he didn't play that much in the start of the season, but you got to remember, Jamie Brown only played nine games. You know, it was only nine games into the season when he got injured. So, you know, it went, in the context of it, that's what, maybe, you know, less than a fifth of the season that Beckles didn't get a chance to play. So, uh, I think that, you, you you know, Nolan and, and Hurst obviously stand out as completely obvious candidates, and I'm absolutely delighted for Paul Hurst, because as much as, you know, the managers of Wigan and Blackburn have done fantastic with their teams, it's a it's a whole different ball game, isn't it, for them as managers compared to Paul Hurst? Yeah. And budgets and, and crowd and, you know, expectation, I suppose, as well as in other elements. Yeah. That, you know they don't have to deal with but yeah it's a good point actually sorry just yeah that um, Omar Beckles has only actually played four games less than Bolton yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, it's not as many as yeah. Nolan's played thirty nine, um, and and yeah. So yeah, it's it's, it's an int- a good point, well made. Yeah, and and the other thing about Beckles, I think, is that you know, I think managers know of all these players, don't they? You know, you know, a league one manager is going to know all the other players in the division, you know, yeah. where they're from, and the one below, and yeah. And I think that there's there is a story for Beckles, isn't there, that he's come through, and you've read all these articles he's had this week in the run up to Wembley about how football saved him from sort of a, a knife crime potentially going into knife crime all this sort of thing and they made a big deal about his upbringing and bits and pieces like that and how he's brought his way up through the divisions and, and where he's come from I think there's a story there that I think is fantastic for not just Omar Beckles and Shrewsbury Football Club I think it's fantastic for football in general to show how it can have that transformative effect on, on young young lads' lives and, and can take them from potentially one track to somewhere where suddenly you're you're getting in a, in a prestigious team of the year and you're fighting for promotion and having a fantastic career and obviously making a good living out of it and so you know, I don't know whether that plays into the minds of these managers that vote for these players, but 
I, I you know to me I think there's there's a good story there and I think that you know you know me Omar Beckles is one of my boys this season I think he's been brilliant and I, I was delighted to see him in there and uh, yeah there we go but it was interesting we got as many players in it as, as just Blackburn did if you think about it, we had the manager and two players and obviously Blackburn so that's three overall and, and Blackburn only got three as well and it's, we're only really topped by Wigan who got the four for four players in there which I suppose is fair enough isn't it I think there's a yeah. nice bit of balance between the top three there it's not not too unfair if you ask me yeah definitely I agree with that it was yeah it was good and yeah it's nice to get some recognition because obviously we often feel a little bit. Um, underappreciated or you know uh, sometimes it's good not to be in the focus and um but yeah sometimes it's nice to kind of, it's nice to get that national recognition and I'm really chuffed for her so he definitely deserves that we very rarely get players or managers in these teams of the year um I've got some something on my laptop back at work which is uh I went through and looked at all the teams of the years that we've ever been nominated and I think overall in like the history of the club we've probably only had something like 15 to 20 players in teams of the year and we've never had three in at one point you know a manager and two players so it does show how much of an actual special special thing this is you know we've only very really had, in recent years we had Grant Holt you know but it's been a long time since we've had anyone in a team of the year since then so yeah fair play to all of them John Nolan again we should just really talk about he's just had a fantastic season hasn't he and, and you're right he could not have been selected in there and I, I like the way they've kind of moved things around to fit in these players because Quite why Nick Powell is in the attacking positions is beyond me. He's a midfielder, isn't he? Which is a <laughs> he's bit an attacking weird. midfielder, isn't he? He's a number ten. Yeah, I guess so. And and but it's just that you don't you like formations, don't you? You don't like the fact that Charlie Mulgrew showed his left back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Charlie Mulgrew is yeah. He's he's a good championship defender, isn't he? Certainly not a exactly. left back. Um, but yeah, but it's good. So yeah, it was a, it was a nice um, a nice um, kind of um, news story, wasn't it? And it kind of just helped build um, for the um, the Checker Trade final, wasn't it? It did, yeah. So yeah, we'll leave Salop News there, and uh, yeah, we'll move on to the preview for the Czech Trade Final versus Lincoln. Wally with the corner towards Colton Morris, and it's there! Colton Morris tries his highest at the near post, heads in the corner, and could that be the goal that takes Shrewsbury Town to Wembley? So this is our first ever preview. So obviously we only do previews of finals, or or so it seems. We'll be doing many of them then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so how are you getting there, Glenn? What's your kind of your your plans? Uh, I'm just going to drive down on the day, um, park somewhere local, um, and yeah, just walk in, uh, walk up to the ground there. One of one of the things I've noticed is um, there's now going to be a huge town fan zone, isn't there? Which is quite good. Um, so I think most town fans will be heading there, won't they? So um, we'll we'll um, amble down there for about an hour and a half before kick off and enjoy a bit of the, the atmosphere as it builds up. Um, I think we've we've sold twelve, just under twelve thousand tickets now, aren't we? Yeah. So should be a reasonable atmosphere. Still. And we might do a few, quite a lot of London shrews, maybe do. Um some sales on the day. Um, worth just mentioning, obviously, we're going to be at least doubled. You know, Lincoln have more than doubled the number of Shooter Town fans. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'll be getting down on the train, so I'll be getting the Chilton from Stourbridge. Okay. So that should be nice. Um, yeah, get down and yeah, looking forward to looking forward to um, the weekend and well, it is the weekend now, but yeah, Friday and stuff. Yeah, coming back from London, I was kind of excited going back and yeah, there's that definite kind of buzz of a, a cup final going on. People posting pictures and stuff. So yeah, it should be good and. Hopefully, be fourth time lucky because me and you have been to all the um, all three games, haven't we? That we've yeah. lost at Wembley. So I was, yeah, ninety six. I was sixteen. Uh, no, I wasn't actually. I was fifteen because it wasn't my birthday till the October. Um, and I think I talked about it on the podcast last time about how much of a sort of influence that had on me and, and how much of a shoe town fan I ended up being. And obviously, yeah, I was devastated as a kid. I'm not sure I cried, but I was pretty close to it. I think as a as a hormonal fifteen year old boy. 
Yeah, it was not a good. It was not a good day, and yeah, kind of set precedent in it for the next two, which was which was was pain, painful as well. So when we lost two playoff finals. Um, so yeah. Hurst Hurst has got a bit of a better record. He's been to Wembley five times as a player and a manager, and he's won two. So hopefully, be third time lucky for Hurst as well. Yeah, I think that you've got to kind of think that we'll, we'll break the curse eventually, and maybe this is the best chance we'll get for a very long time. Obviously, it's very difficult to get to a Wembley final anyway. And all right, fine, we might end up there in the playoffs if, if things go a different way, but. Um, you know, we're not going to be playing a League Two team. You know, a team in a division below us. So you've got to think this is our best chance to yeah. actually lift a trophy at Wembley for for a very long time. Um, so yeah, fourth time lucky. I, I hope you're right about that one, Ollie. That's yeah. a fair point. <laughs> and you still pleased with your decision, Glenn? I think having what I said on the podcast the other day, I, I don't actually. I think I I was quite pleased. Not pleased. I think a lot of people said fair enough, and and I still see there's still you know a fair few people who are boycotting. We should talk about this. Um, and that has an influence on on the on the on the fact we haven't sold many tickets compared to what we've previously sold for this. But you know, as we said last time, I think that the ticket sales are more of a reflection of the fact that, regardless of whether people are boycotting or not, what what the FL have done to this trophy is devalue it even further rather than build it up into something more special. Would you not agree with that, Ollie? Because we, we shouldn't we should be selling more than twelve thousand tickets to this game if it was anything else. I don't think. I th- I'd put a couple of things ahead of the checker trade. So I think it's the fact that we've been to Wembley three times already. Um, I think that's kind of the biggest reason why the ticket sales are low. I yeah. think also that it's been a you know a quite a you know a lot of people have been to a lot of games this season. So me and you are away into our thirties now. So I think it's been yeah. an expensive season. Season yeah. ticket sales have just gone as going on as well. Um, and also people are thinking you know people want to go to a lot of people are going to Blackpool and um, mm. staying hotels. Um, so I think the kind of the financial bit, and I think also you get into a lot of games, and also thirdly, and even that we might even be going to Wembley again in the, if we yeah. are fortunate enough to get to play a final. So I would put those three things ahead of the devalued of the competition being devalued. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, it's, you're, you're probably right. It's a, it does seem you know there's obviously a reason for it, isn't there? It's a combination of all those five or six different factors, isn't it? You know, maybe a Sunday game isn't particularly helpful for people, and um, yeah, who knows? But it is interesting how there's there's obviously been an effect, and, and that we couldn't shift those tickets anywhere near like what. I think we thought we were going to so um but do I regret it no because my kids are absolutely buzzing about it and are really really looking forward to going tomorrow so um yeah it should should be good and we've just been on holiday we went to Barmer for the week in a, in a caravan and um and went with my mum and dad they stayed in another caravan on the site as well and we're all going down together in in two cars and, scarves out know, the window and all that kind of stuff you got to do that well, surely yeah, I probably will do actually because it's always that's always the it's always the way, isn't it, for away games and um, especially a big final as well. It was interesting. I don't you don't get the Shropshire Star idea, but there was a guy. I think he was in the Shropshire Star this week, and it was the guy selling all the knockoff merchandise yep. on Pride Hill, and he was complaining that on the day before, I think it was my maybe yesterday, that he'd only sold t- twelve bits of merchandise, and he apparently described it as a disgrace. And someone did point out to him that he'd managed to put the old. Um, crappy uh, clip art line on one of the scarves and that probably wasn't going to sell very well so I think he's probably made a rod for his own back the old uh, the guy trying to sell the merchandise in town but yeah there you go I would always say if you're going to get merchandise get down to the club today and get it and, and buy some official stuff because obviously yeah. it's the club yeah. um, and they've got a little range of Wembley Wembley stuff there which they've interestingly not put the words checker trade on any of it which is quite interesting so yeah I'd get down there I think the club shop's open until quite late today so go and get your stuff yeah definitely definitely buy through the club and yeah what a plonker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's going to buy anything? One who's going to buy anything, um, which isn't, um, yeah, from with the wrong badge on it. So serves him right, Plonker. I don't, I don't like it when, yeah, all these guys always come in, 
Um, if it was like I don't know a long-term Shrewsbury fan, or you know someone like I don't know someone like Busy, you know, was known for selling Shrewsbury Town scarves, then I think you'd probably <laughs> do a lot of sales. But some out of town are coming in. We don't like out of towners in Shrewsbury, so you can no. If you're not from around here, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, I was going to say, and anyway, I think that um, uh, the one good thing you did is you, I don't think there was any half and half scarves. Well, there'll be loads of them on Wembley Way tomorrow. Yeah, so there will. You know the rules, guys. Don't buy half and half scarves. It's boycott them. <laughs> boycott them. Yeah, there you go. They can they continue the boycott. Um, but there we go. Um, the last thing I was going to say on that is we, we what, just before we get into all the details, because you've spoken to some Lincoln fans, haven't you, as part of this preview? Yeah. Um, what are your initial thoughts on the game? Just just starting now, you know, just as as an initial thought. I am excited. Cool. So very excited about the day. Excited about yeah. Looking forward to going to Wembley again. It's got a different feel. Going. I'm looking for. I'm glad we're going to Wembley not for a player final because a player final is stressful. Because a lot, I think a lot is kind of um, is kind of riding on it. Obviously, you know the kind of the accumulation of a whole season, forty six games plus the the two games, so forty eight games to get here, um, and then the kind of the prize is so big. Um, so there's less pressure on it, and obviously we're going in as favourites, top of uh, near the top of League One. So yeah. I'm just really looking forward to it. And if we lose, I'm not going to be that bothered. But if we win, I'm going to be absolutely over the moon. Uh, yeah. And I just love this team. I've, I think going to Wembley as well. I don't. I think for me, this is the in terms of the, the context of the game, who we're playing, the manager, I feel this is our best chance in terms of the team and the manager. Would you, would you agree with that? I think it's a very good description, Ollie. I think I would completely completely agree with that whole uh, that whole sentiment, really. I think that, for me, you know, we talk about the fact that as, as fans we've been to, you know, 30-plus games and I've been to a horrendously large amount of away games this season, which has hit my bank balance. But, you know, take, take away all of the context of this competition, and, and what it is and all the things we've spent the season talking about if you just purely look at this team that we've all fallen in love with this season you know hashtag love this team the the way that they've played the the way they've got us believing and the passion that they're in, indoctrinating us into our team you know and all the things that we've been so positive about this season for those guys to get a chance to play on the national stadium that they might not get that chance again obviously some of them have already played there but for for those lads the ones that you know we've, we've been so passionate about this season to get that chance that's the thing I'm most delighted about, actually, to, to let Toto, if he gets fit, and, and Nolan and, and Payne and Carl Morris and Hendo and, and all these players that we've, we've absolutely loved this season, for them to get that chance to play there, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. And I think that they'll take that chance with both hands, and I, I don't think they'll let us down. I think they'll probably, I think they'll win, yeah. my, my first overall view of it anyway. But we'll come to predictions in a minute, but yeah. um, that's my thoughts on it anyway. But I totally agree with what you said as well, mate. I think it's a good summary. Yep, so, um, yeah, so... so um yeah, so I've been on the the radio a couple of times this week. Um, so I was on Talk Sport, um, and then there's, I did a, a pre-record interview with um, Free Radio. Oh, okay. And then interestingly, the the presenter Mitch, um, he um, he um, listens to the Salakas as well, so he's he's listening yeah, right. to, uh, occasionally and stuff. So that's quite cool. See so that. Um, so yeah, so that was quite fun. Um, and then funny enough, um, the guy, uh, a guy called Gary, um, who's um, who runs the Stacey West blog, um, he was also on Talksport as well. Um, oh, okay. so that was quite fun. He sent an email afterwards saying, "I think we were both on Talksport." Um, so yeah, <laughs> so I um, found um, a, a link on blog and I sent him an email, and he was very kind to to kind of share his thoughts. So so yeah, so Gary from Stacey West is really kind um, to answer some questions um, on Lincoln and give um, his insight and give us a bit of give the town fans you know sort of some thoughts on Lincoln. So I kind of go through that. So first of all, said like, who is Stacey West? Um, you know, <laughs> that's a bit of an odd name. Um, yeah. So basically, Stacey West is the the name of the Lincoln home end or the traditional home end, um, and it's named after Bill Stacey and Jim West, um, two Lincoln fans who lost their lives at the Bradford fire disaster. 
Um, so that's quite nice. Um, and yeah, interesting name. So yeah, my first question was, so, so I said, Lincoln have returned to the Football League under the Cowley management. What impresses you the most about his and his brother's management of the team? And his response was everything. They turned our team on as a head, recruited well, but we've been budget and got aside playing organised football. We're no Barcelona, but we're not purveyors of the evil media have us down as. Um, Danny and um, Nicky have worked um, the player strengths uh, and doing going long to Matt Reed, but the presence of Lee Frecklington and um, Boswick and, and Woodward should array fears it were a purely direct team. So that's quite interesting. Ah, so they've got an issue with the media portraying them as like a long ball, direct, aggressive team. Yeah, they have. Yeah, so obviously that's something that obviously irks with them as well. A bit like maybe we we you know we don't get praise for our footballing ability as well, so we can understand yeah, that sentiment. Similar. Yeah. So on their season, so yeah, so I said um, so Lincoln currently sits sixth in the playoff position. What are your expectations this season, and are you happy? Happy with the progress. So Gary's response was, I thought 10th would be a good finish. But where we are now, we fully expect a second when we trip in May. I'll back mm. us, I'll back us um, in any one-off game. Look at Burnley, Brighton and Ipswich last season. We even held Arsenal for 44 minutes at the Emirates. So, yeah, obviously very pleased with their performance. And, and like us, you know, ahead of expectations. All his answers are the sort of same answers I'd have given him if he was yeah. asking me the same questions. I know, so it's quite funny, isn't it? It's yeah. quite funny. Interesting. And then obviously, when we'll, you know me, Glenn, love tactics and tactics oh, yeah, and style of play. So I said, so how does Crawley set up his team and what is style of play? And he said, I can't answer that, exclamation mark. And Danny's clearly resilient and his tactics. And although I'm sure your graphic's done his homework, um, hearing, his, hearing his taking a few days off does make, make me wonder if he's, if, if he's looking for a quick answer. But seriously, though, he said we could, they, could, they could go 4-3-3, 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1, There's quite a lot of, they've played five um, tactics this season. Sometimes mm-hmm. you play quick wide wingers. Sometimes you look to play narrow. Um, and I guess it's how we're set up against. Um, but he says, you know, if there is a weak spot, he, says he thinks their manager would have, will, will identify and expose it. So, yeah, I say good luck on that one. Mm, not many teams play narrow at Wembley, do they? No. Generally, it's always it's a width. big, big yeah. pitch as well. Which is one of the reasons why I'm positive about it, because, you know, with our free wingers and the way they've played this season, whoever we play, they can have the space They're going to have the space to run into, and it could be devastating if Wally gets on his top form, couldn't it? So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, to me, I'd rather have a settled tactic rather than have to switch between lots of different ones. So, yeah, we'll have to see how yeah, we. It's interesting point. So we have we have our kind of you know four three three four five one four one four one. How you want to describe it? But we yeah. have very we have more subtle changes, don't we? So we've had yes. obviously go go sitting next to Godfrey or or such and such. And we have got you know sometimes we make the players stay out wide and overlapping fullbacks. We we make more slight adjustments. Um, occasionally, we obviously we played three at the back, haven't we? But um, yes. I wouldn't expect us to do that. No, no. Cool. So who's your standout player of the season? Um, Gary said that Neil Ardley, the fullback with Premier experience he said he's been immense all season um, and he said also Boswick has been really good as well um, so that's like quite Boswick. interesting yeah, yeah. and I said is there, you know youth players any um, any youth prospects um, you know coming through and they said yeah but not in the side yet he said keep an eye on Ellis Chapman um, he's got a lot of people excited about so that's quite that's quite interesting yeah there we go yeah because Frecklington only just came back like did yeah he, did in he come January, back in January January transfer window yeah he left Rotherham yeah, so the key players I've identified is Matt Green, who's got 16 goals. Yeah. So that's better than any of our strikers. And then keeping 16 in mind, Matt Reed, who's 16 stone. He's a beast, isn't he? He's that a guy? beast. He's, he looks, and, and, and I don't mean this, this will sound um, 
a bit of an insult, but it's really not supposed to be. He does look like a, a you know, a rough, tough, non-league striker. Um, yeah, he looks like a lot he of trouble. Have a barrow in the Northern Conference or something. Yeah, but <laughs> he, I saw we both watched the the, um, the Chelsea game, didn't we? When they played in the Chelto in the Auto Windshield. Let's keep that name. <laughs> Sorry, that was just a, a reflex. Um, yeah, he absolutely bullied them. Oh, I nearly swore. Then he absolutely. You know, it was men versus the kids, boys. Yeah, the he just... kids. Yeah, they didn't like it, did they? To be fair, and and to be honest with you, it's a whole different game playing us than it was in that that game. And and they only just won. You know, uh, you know, we've talked about it very briefly, didn't we, during the time? But they could easily have got knocked out. They were one dodgy Chelsea penalty away from. Well, they dominated the, the first half. They uh, yeah, like cause one of the most dominant, one of the most dominant first half I've seen all season. They were absolutely all over them. Um, and then yeah, they don't know they had a bit of a riot act at half time, and you know. They came out and showed well, a bit more pride, didn't they? My my view of that game was they didn't like pace. They did not like pace running at them at the back. And that's Who, Lincoln? One of the thing, that's or... one of my yeah, Lincoln. That's one of my takeaways from having watched that game. Who knows whether that's reflective of their whole season or or how they play in general? But when you got Adam at the back, um, and they had those quick pacey players, didn't they, Chelsea in the second half? And they really got on top of the game. Those young lads, I, I, they they struggled a little bit, Lincoln, if you ask me. So you know, if we've got if we've got Payne playing up front who's decent and quick and we have Thomas and Wally on the wings I think there's definitely potential to get out their defenders but, and um, Nolan running yeah. through the middle hopefully yeah yeah exactly so we'll have to see what we... but I like Lee Frecklington I've always yeah. thought he's a player he's the sort of player I, I would have had down here a few years ago but um, yeah well, there you go I think that's a, that's a fair summary of what, what they think and I think that's definitely right in those three those three you've picked out I think we'll just have to keep an eye on those yeah. guys but yeah, we don't know who's going to play, do we? Yet? So, no. So, big thanks to Gary from um, Stacey West taking the time to answer our questions, and yes, yeah, obviously you. gives a bit of an insight into the into Lincoln. Um, and yeah, interesting. I've put an, <laughs> put here that um, Hurst and um, and um, Cowley are football friends. Mm, yeah, they've known each other for a while, haven't they? Yeah, apparently? they have. So, so when yeah. um, so when um, Cowley was at Baintree. And Hurst was at Grimsby. Um, they were, he had um, Hurst had more resources and was getting more scout reports and was sharing them with with Cowley. But um, ah. Baintree started coming in and they ended up getting in the playoffs. So as the season went on, Hurst just had to give him <laughs> less information. Um, but Hurst mentions um, in his pre-match that um, yeah they're still in contact. Um, uh, you know, less friendly uh, <laughs> obviously at the moment because they're they're football rivals. But it's interesting, isn't it? Both of them have had ton of like you know similar um, kind of progression to um, football league management they're almost like the, the sort of the next to be aren't they really I think when you hear about clubs like say Middlesbrough or Ipswich. Sunderland or Ipswich or Birmingham losing their managers over the course of the season you know they always talk about oh we'll bring in these foreign managers or these experienced managers but you've always you've always got that little rung below haven't you of those up and coming managers that someone eventually is going to take a punt on and you always hear Paul Hurst's name mentioned and you always hear Danny Cowley's name mentioned. Yeah. They're the two up-and-coming managers that are... You hear Cowley mentioned more than Hurst. You do I don't know bit, whether yeah. that's because he's a Londoner or something. The London press, uh, kind of, I don't know, just a bit of natural favouritism. Um, but I find it quite interesting that, yeah, I don't know whether... Maybe it's because they had the exploits in the FA Cup against Arsenal and that's kind of on the, the press's mind. TV coverage, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably why that you know the West Ham games this season have helped Paul Hurst a little bit in that respect. But I definitely think that, you know, if you, if you take a step back as Shrewsbury and Lincoln... Man, uh, uh, fans you're probably going to be thinking at some point in the next two to three years both of these managers are going to be managing teams above where your club is does that make sense yeah. and, and it doesn't happen very often to clubs like us does it where your manager makes a step up very when was the last time any of our managers made a step up from Shrewsbury you know but you, you can't help but feel like Hurst and, and again Carley for Lincoln are probably going to take those steps up sooner rather than later probably but yeah, um, yeah we'll have to see how this season's pan out for them if they get promotions they'll probably stay won't they yeah but, um, there we go. It's, it's nice that they're friends, though. I'm sure that it means post match they'll be able to have a nice glass of wine or something in the in in Club Wembley. In Club Empty Wembley. Club Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. Cool. So, um, 
so yeah, and moving on, um, there was quite a lot of interviews this week. Um, so we'll start with Hurst. Um, so he's saying that the player should enjoy the build-up. You know, don't don't take this for granted that you return, um, which is obviously a, a quite a poignant message to the players. Um, and funny if he mentions, obviously, next time we play in the league, we'll be on against Bradford or on TV again. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm not watching on TV. I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm, I've already got my ticket. Actually, I've got my ticket right next to me here. Um, <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, so we're, we're favourites, not clear favourites. We're going out there. We're going to we'll be outnumbered. Um, by the Lincoln fans, um, but it says, but interesting. This is really interesting, Glenn. It says player-wise and budget-wise, there's not that much difference. Mm, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. We're Lincoln, a yeah. really big club, aren't and they? he mentions higher crowds than us. Yeah, and he mentions Lee Frecklington. Um, and he says they've got quite a few players that could play in League One. Um, and yeah. interestingly, Paul Hurst will be suited and booted in the in the dugout. Ooh, I, I suppose they've all got suits. Yeah, they, they, they have. Paul Hurst saying they've all got measured up for suits. So yeah, we'll have to. Hopefully it's not cream suits like Liverpool. In oh. 90, what was that? 90, that was 96. Blue and amber well, suits. It? That'd be pretty horrific. <laughs> that'd, be <key. laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe blue and amber uh, handkerchief or something. There we go. Um, yeah, what's Chris Doig have to say? Yeah, sure Chris he Doig, he started. He looked like he had a bumblebee in his mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it felt... Elite, um, obviously, um, Ian didn't have the... Um, the yeah, he um, he gave that one to the kid to interview. It's always funny when oh, okay. Doig. But, um, but to fair to him, he said, it's just another game. Just another game. But then he asked him, about his time at Wembley and Doigie smiled he was <gasps> smiling he was a proper big smiler he was talking that's about that's a bad omen that is Ollie. he was talking about you know his memory of when he um, when he went up the steps um, and he's saying you know you know, he's got his memory of, of Wembley but going back to who did, he win, who did he go there with I don't know mate I honestly don't no. know um, I'm not we sure we should have checked that out shouldn't we we probably should have done but that's what a professional podcast would do not us <laughs> um, but then he did mention as well that Lincoln are a very direct team and play at a high tempo so while um, obviously Gary, um, as a Lincoln fan, you know, um, you know, obviously had that thrown at them a lot this season. Um, you know, I think if Doigie's saying they're a direct team, then clearly they are. But well, he wouldn't get it wrong, would he? Doigie? No. he knows his onions exactly. But um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being direct, and we're we're not, you know, we're not being we're not criticising there. You know, that, that we've we played that kind of stuff football at times, haven't we? And you know, in the Gary Peters era, it, it brought us success of you know in terms of where we were at that time. Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest with you, when you get to Wembley, you don't really want to sort of you know come across as a big hoofing team and I don't think that's the sort of place you can play that football to be honest with you no. I, I bet you that they'll look good they'll, well, they'll, they'll be they might season, well they might well it, it, playing long ball worked well um, against Neil Ashton didn't it um, which obviously meant, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously their style of play will obviously have a bit of a bearing maybe in our team selection so that'll be interesting yeah. when we get to that but, um, who knows we'll have to see yeah. when the teams come back tomorrow I should just say I've googled it Chris Doig went to Wembley uh, with York City uh, in the 2012 conference playoff final ah. um, where they won 2-1 over L- 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 uh, Luton Town so okay, cool. professional podcast status is resumed <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool so yeah a couple of things from the players so Sadler it's his first time he's going there um, yeah and he says he's getting a nice free suit and shoes so he seemed quite pleased with that <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't know whether it would be um, Peaky Blinder kind of style hat as well, but um, oh God no. And um, yeah, Beckles. If Henderson's been given any charge of this, it'll be f- crazy, won't it? Yeah. <laughs> so Henderson is excited. Yeah, first time playing there. You know, he's, he says he's warmed up a few times. Um, he's really excited, um, and he says he hopes to play there loads of times for the national team. <laughs> so obviously, I think he probably his, will. Yeah. His confidence is still riding high. Um, and Beckles is brilliant. I love his response. So he said. So asked if he was excited. He said, "Massive time." 
absolutely massive time. So yeah, he's looking <laughs> forward to it as well. And yeah, he always talks very well, um, Beckles. Um, and yeah, he's yes. asked a few good questions by um, some of the national media and gave some good answers. So yeah, that was good. So yeah, the players were all excited. And it was funny, wasn't it? In the post-match of Oxford, Hurst kind of allowed the, the players to enjoy Wembley. And you can tell, you know, they went down, to, down there for two nights. Yes. Yeah, they went down yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, so, and some yeah. nice photos for those fans who haven't seen yet. We'll, we'll tweet them out. Um, we'll, we'll retweet the Shooter Town um, account. Um, some good photos of the players having a look around the dressing room and on the pitch. And the pitch looks immense. Yeah, and yeah, it does, isn't it? It'll really help the way we play, I think. It, personally, that's going to be one of the best things about playing at Wembley. And oh, there was a lot of fans went and sent them off from the stadium as well, which was quite yeah. nice. So, um, yeah, there we go. I suppose there's only one real... We're getting to sort of looking at the teams now, I think, Carly. But um, one of the one of the worst things is that we were going to talk about previously in the podcast, we thought we'd leave it till now, is the other bit of Salop news that we've not talked about is Abu Agogo and a, a season-ending injury, which has sort of come out of the blue, really, hasn't it, Ollie? Yeah, it is. It's injured in training, which is gutting. Uh, and yeah, there were, as, you, as, as you mentioned, Glenn, uh, there was rumours... Uh, on the terraces, wasn't there? Oxford, uh, yeah, yeah, where he spoken to a few fans, saying that um, he wasn't he wasn't going to be playing for the rest of the season. Hurst didn't say that in his post match; he was a bit more coy. Um, but yeah, the cat was out of the bag by then, um, which is disappointing, and also disappointing for a go go because yeah, he would have obviously have come back, wouldn't he, um, into this most likely into this game at Wembley, and you know the Wembley pitch and the and the size of the pitch would have been um, key for him and key for us. Well, one, no one likes to lose the club captain for the rest of the season and you don't want to lose one of your best players either and unfortunately that's what's happened. And it does concern you because obviously he, he did his knee, didn't he, and, and missed a lot of time, was it last season? Um, so he's obviously had a prior knee injury as well that he got back from at the end of last season, didn't he? Do you remember we were like, couldn't believe he got back fit, Ollie? because um, he worked so hard to get back and I do wonder whether it's the same knee because it is another knee injury yeah it is a bit of a concern um, obviously he's no spring chicken now but hopefully hopefully uh, hopefully he'll be fine and well hopefully he'll be fine and hopefully he'll sign a new contract well yeah that's the worry isn't it because the other thing Hurst said this week that I did read was that they they talked to them about contracts in January and they did nothing back so that doesn't sound particularly positive does it no it doesn't so <laughs> well it's it's you know why would you you know as a, as a trade negotiator you keep your options open you would yeah. not you would you'd not negotiate now. You'd negotiate later in the season um, when he's potentially got more offers, um, and mm. also our league position is just determined. So, yeah, it would. He would. I would. I'd actually call him. Maybe even call Logo go a bit foolish to sign now. While obviously as a town fan, I'd love it. But as a you know, thinking it from a kind of business perspective, you do not sign your contract now. You wait till the end of the season. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then only other injury really concerned in terms of the team selection is Rodman's phantom back injury, which seems to come and go. Yeah. It was an interesting response in the Oxford post-match um, where basically Hurst, they were talking about injuries and Hurst was like, I don't know, just go and ask Rodman. Seemed fairly dismissive of it and he's a bit, obviously a little bit frustrated that he trains all week and then suddenly his back's flared up on a Friday or something like that and there's not much they can do about it. He, there was a definite under undertone of frustration there. Yeah, and you, and you link back um, to um, Nolan um, who played and you know you plays got on. Yeah, yeah plays on and and, he, and and also some of the players like you know Godfrey came back maybe a little bit early um, but he was keen and he was keen to play you know Bolton you know um, he's had a couple of niggles this season but he's carried on playing um, and I think you know we don't want players to play when they're injured but you know you do hear about it a lot that you know when you hear you know, listen to like I don't know the Monday Night Club and Five Live they're always talking about you know you're never hundred hundred percent fit. You always yeah. got something because, you know, professional football is so fast and rigorous and the games come thick and fast. You're never 100% fit. Um, and I think, yeah, some, you need that, don't you, to, to kind of play at the, play at the top level. And... 
Yeah, he's a bit old, really, Rodman as well. So he's obviously putting his health and his long-term health ahead of ahead of what what potentially is just a, a one-off game against Oxford, where he wants to probably be fit for Wembley, doesn't he? So who knows? But maybe I'll backfire on him, and then you know maybe that will backfire because Hurst didn't sound very happy, and he could just easily play Nathan Thomas. So um, and I think like um, no, no, just respect to to Rodman, but I'd be more concerned if Wally was injured mm, yeah, than, yeah. than than Rodman, um, and and Thomas has done well, and Thomas always seems to have an assist or a goal in him every game. So I'm, I'm quite comfortable if he starts. Me too. Which brings us to the team, Ollie, because you've had a crack at what you think your team's going to be. So you run through it and I'll tell you. I did this earlier in the week when I was preparing for the pod. Um, so there's a, I'd, maybe if I did this right now, yeah, I'd maybe do it differently. But I'll, I'll stick with what I've put. So uh, yeah, do you, what, do you, what's your thoughts on this, Clint? So I've gone for Henderson in goal, Bolton right back, Bettles and Sadler in central defence, Lowe at left back. And then, um, then the only difference from the, the team that started against Oxford would be Morris at front. So God, um, Godfrey, Morris, Nolan, Thomas, and Worley. Um, mm. So yeah, what's your view on that? So assuming Ollie that you know Toto's not going to play, um, and there's been discussion that they're kind of waiting for a mask to come from to be able to play. Yeah. But it hadn't been delivered when they left to go to Wembley. So quite knows whether they get that or not. Um, I think I'd leave the back line, as you've just said there. I think the back line that we had on Saturday was solid enough. It looked good. Henderson, you know, in goal behind them. I'm happy with the back line. I personally would keep the same midfield that we had against Oxford as well. And, and I think that's the, that's got to be the way to go. So, yeah, I'd agree with you there. For me, I would probably stick with Payne. Um, really? That's Carl interesting. That's the only, only change. I think that Wembley's a place for pace and a pace and... and I wouldn't. I, I like us when we play Morris. It's it's a tr- more attritional. We can knock the ball up too many. Brings players in, but I I quite like to have that option over the top um, with your front man in this game to be able to run beyond you know a League Two defence. Um, and I think the pain might give you that a little yeah, bit more. But good it's point. it's fifty fifty, Ollie. To be honest, and with you'd you. be happy. Scoring... You'd feel sorry for either player, wouldn't you, if they didn't start? Yeah, and we're not going to play four four two. There's absolutely no, no, no chance no, no, of that no. happening. So one of them's going to have to sit out. And I think that you always go with the man in possession of the shirt for me. So that's why I'd give pain pain the start but I wouldn't be worried if Morris started either in all honesty so um yeah I kind of kind of feel like you know Morris had the Wem- the, the West Ham experience didn't he which Payne didn't so maybe it balances out across the whole season I don't know but yeah. I think whatever happens they'll both get a game they'll get subbed on or off yeah time. definitely I think um, interestingly um, I was listening to the Totally um, totally Football podcast and they said that um, Pat Nevin who's obviously a bit of a football expert Glenn um, said yep. that um, you know fullbacks can go into central defence but central defenders can never go to fullback which is mm, a bit okay. controversial for you in terms of Beckles but yeah. um, I thought it was quite an interesting point um, on there and obviously that kind of points nicely for Sadler because Sadler's been excellent hasn't he you know he is a converted fullback to central defence um, but I'd be tempted to you know because they do play direct football you know it's the kind of game where I would maybe think actually Beckles playing at left back is probably not a bad thing because if if they if they if they did what some if they you know if they've obviously would have watched a Rochdale game you know if they're thinking let's put um let's put um, um their big man their big sixteen stone Reed on on um, low again then that's going to yeah. be a bit of a challenge um, but obviously low gives us so much more going forward so yeah some interesting decisions to make and it's nice you know that we do have those options yeah I would also say though you don't really want that big sixteen stone bloke going up with elbows flying around with Toto and a broken cheek because no. the worst thing we'd want is him getting re-injured and having to jig around with the team during the game so you know they, Oxford had a you know had a go at low and he stood pretty pretty firm I think that that'll stand him in good stead he's obviously going to be our weak link for the moment because he's still settling back into the team and he's young and he's not very experienced at this level so yeah we'll have to see how it goes but I'd be happy with that team Ollie yeah. uh, say Payne or Morris that, yeah. that's got to be the way to go cool so um yeah so looking uh, so in terms of like a bit of history so um so Nolan played um played more games for Lincoln than he has for Shrewsbury you know, so he's played seventy three yeah. games for Lincoln 
Um, so that's interesting. Um, and then the record in terms of um, kind of um, results is of 18 wins for Shrewsbury, nine draws and 15 um, and wins for Lincoln. Um, mm. But the last five games almost look too good, Glenn. <laughs> so uh, the last five games, we've won four and drawn one, um, which includes the um, the 5-1 win away at Lincoln. Did you go to that? It was a Tuesday night game. game. No, it was when when uh, when Watcher McCord had scored. Uh, Line Lanesworth got a hat trick, didn't he? It was that game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. an amazing game. My brother was at um, university in Lincoln, so I went over to that game. So yeah, it was brilliant, and yeah, proper um, yeah, proper um, great um, result, and yeah, a lot of fun. So that was good, and yeah. So I've got an interesting Sadler fact. Oh, so on. obviously that <laughs> that game was played on the eighth of February two thousand eleven. Uh, yeah. And Sadler's the only player left um, at Shrewsbury from that time. Now, obviously, it's a bit of a cheek because he did go away and come back. Yeah, but it's back. interesting. The last time we played Lincoln, Sadler was playing. So I think that's quite interesting. That's interesting. It is interesting, yeah, that we haven't played them since 2011. You forget. Yeah. That, well, you don't forget. They've been down in the conference, haven't they, for yeah. a long time and they've only just come back up. So, yeah, I suppose that, yeah, it's quite a gap to play. But for me, traditionally, you know, being a Shrewsbury fan, they're always a team that we played week in, season in, season out. Been so there loads of times. I'm sure you've been there more than yeah. twice. But I said that's the where the place where I went to saw Shrewsbury with the lowest Shrewsbury Town attendance, where there was forty two Shrewsbury Town fans in a, in an old Checker Trade you know, <laughs> LDV game on a Tuesday night once, and, which I actually bothered going to. God knows why I went to that. Um, but yeah, so I've been to Lincoln. I've been to Lincoln sort of six, seven, eight times, maybe more than that. So yeah, it'd be nice to renew acquaintances with them because they've got um, a bunch of town fans who are, who, are, who are friends. Sorry, a bunch of our town fans that were sort of to do with the away supporters and stuff when we were grow, growing up and starting to play for those. We're really good friends with the Lincoln fans, a bunch of the Lincoln fans that played for their fans team as well. And I would say of all the teams that we played um, for the away supporters, probably before you joined this was Ollie actually, is Lincoln's fans were probably the team we got on well with, well with and they always took us to their pub afterwards. Oh, that's cool. We always had a really, really good time with them. So I've always actually, you know, take away everything I've always actually had a soft spot for Lincoln City so not on Sunday obviously but um, yeah they're, they're a good club I think Lincoln a bit like us and, and I've, I've managed to bring in a few more of their sort of rural fans to, to give them a little bit of a bigger fan base but yeah on Sunday I won't be wishing them well but in general they're one of those teams I always think I'd like to see back in the league and I'm glad they got back up yeah cool so that just leaves us with predictions Glenn so what do you reckon yes what are you going to go I for? Think, I think the curse is going to be broken, Ollie. I think the curse think is going to be broken as well. What, what do you, what, I think what's the score? we're going to win. Uh, we're going to, I went for big goals last week and you were you ummed and ahed at me about getting free goals and we did. So I'm going to go 3-1. Ooh, 3-1. Okay, well, I'm going to go for a, a similar aggregate score. I'm going to go for a 2-0 win to Shrewsbury Town. The mighty Shrews. Yep. And we should just cut, capture the end of this by saying it'll be pretty frustrating if we don't win again <laughs> <laughs> be good oh man oh, I, it was oh, such a long way to go I think if we go again I think like, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that Shoesy fans should do this or necessarily will but maybe <laughs> we should just burn the place if we lose again then we boycott Wembley that's the new <laughs> situation we just never go again uh, no one goes to the playoff final um, no there we go I, I, yeah it's it's something good to look forward to and I, I say it's more about the team for me and these, these lads you've got to trust him, them and Paul Hurst to you know they're not going to leave anything out there on the pitch, are they? Um, and you know it's going to be a, a competitive game, no doubt. And yeah, I should, suppose we'll see everybody down in the fan zone before the match. Yep. So yeah, looking forward to the day. Obviously, it's on a Sunday. Um, obviously, everyone will make all the trip, and obviously, we'll be able to follow them, the League One um, on the Saturday. So that'll be fun um, to follow that. But yeah, yeah, hopefully everyone, hopefully everyone's enjoyed the pod. Uh, any questions or thoughts? Let us know. And yeah, fingers crossed, Glenn. Um, we'll be doing um, our um, yeah post um, game review of this um, hopefully with a trophy because wouldn't that be fantastic 
Yeah, we could do it from the live bus parade around town. <laughs> <laughs> Open top bus parade. Um, yeah, I think that's fair enough, isn't it, Ollie? I think that, um, yeah, hopefully this gives everyone a little bit of something to listen to on the bus on the way down or the train or, you know, just get you, get you sort of help you build up the atmosphere and excitement for the game. Um, so, yeah, safe travels to everybody. Um, it's not often we have, all have to go down to London. And, yeah, we shall see you uh, probably next week covering this game. Cheers, guys. Oh,